and welcome to season two of Welcome to My World. Ooh. We had a bit of a year off last year while we were doing the A to Z, but we're now back with our little mini episodes. So technically you could say this is episode 10 of Welcome to My World. I am Joe and with me as always is Mitch. Hello. And in case you're just tuning in and you don't really know what we're doing with these, the Welcome to My World episodes are a little mini-sode, we like to call them, mm-hmm. where we pick a topic and we just have one pick each normally. And try and be quick. Yeah. So this time around, being the fact that it is pretty much Valentine's Day when we're recording this episode, mm-hmm. we've decided to look at romantic films. Yes. Only put a little bit of a skew on it. And what did I say? I said alternate romance or alternative like romance yeah, or something Put a little like mustard on it. Yes. So I was a pretentious wanker and said, what, what romance do I want to talk about? What romance movie? And I said, I want Romancing to talk Romancing the Stone? No. Mm. No. Wild at Heart, the 1990 David Lynch, I, I think classic. I use David Lynch a lot to be pretentious. Now, when people say, what's your favourite horror movie? I say Blue Velvet. And when they say, what's your favourite romance? I say Wild at Heart. But that's because I'm a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so yeah, I chose Wild at Heart. Now, you've you, you got fond memories of this. I do. I, I love this movie. Yes. Now, I, I only watched it again a couple of years ago when doing, for my Shooting the Poo podcast, we did a David Lynch episode. Yep. And that's where I sort of fell in love with this movie. I, I think I watched it back around 1991 or something, and it really didn't do much anything for me. It was just a movie I saw. Hmm. But when I watched it again, it's like, this is fucking cool. Like, super cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I have vague memories of us watching it together. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if we talked about it for our podcast or whether we just watched it together because you needed to watch it yeah. for Shooting the Pooh. But I've seen this movie a lot of times in that early 90s period. Mm. I had it on VHS nice. and I watched it a lot. Yeah. And there's just certain scenes in this movie I just love. It's, just, it's definitely a movie of scenes. Yeah. There's there's moments. There's It's got trademark David Lynch weirdness where oh, yeah. she's talking about her cousin Del who's putting cockroaches in his underpants. Yeah. Just this weird aside, like something out of Stand By Me almost. It's just telling this weird-ass story. But at the core... It is a love story. Yeah. And it's a true love story. Like, it really is. It's about two people that love each other. There's none of this romance bullshit where they meet each other, they lose each other, they find each other again. It's nothing. It starts off with a couple that are in love. Well, you don't really know. They're just a couple. Like, it literally starts right out of the gate. Like, mm. they're at a party. You don't really know what it's at. Another dude's walked up to Nicolas Cage, who plays Sailor, and Laura Dern plays Lulu. Yep. And this guy walks up to Nicolas Cage and goes, oh, you've been trying to... Fucking, you, you know, your girlfriend's mum in the toilet. And it's like, no, I haven't. And he goes, oh, yeah, really? You sure? How is that tasty cunt or something like that? And he yep. goes, oh, and it just sets the tone because Nicholas Cage just said, uh oh. Yeah. And it just knows something bad's going to happen. Then he pulls out a knife and he said, she wants me to kill you. She paid me to kill you. This is the mother and yep. Lulu's mother. And just sort of weird. And so he defends himself and beats the living shit out of this guy, like beating him up quite a bit and then smashing his head into the cement floor a lot mm. with nice vis- sound effects and that throws him against the wall an excessive force is probably the word that comes to mind yeah and that's the opening two minutes yeah it's visceral. Yeah. And then it sort of cuts to two years later or whatever it is. He's, he's out of jail and he comes out of jail and he's sort of waiting and then he hears a car, like the rumble of a car, and he's like, Lulu. And she drives around in this convertible and it's like, hi, darling. Throws him this snakeskin jacket. He goes, oh, my jacket. And I mean, he has a reference to that jacket. This here jacket represents my symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom. 
which he uses a few times. A lot, in the movie. yeah. <laughs> and funny at trivia in this movie, that is Nicholas Cage's jacket. And he went to David Lynch saying, Can I wear my jacket? And he goes, Why? And he said that. And he goes, Oh, yeah. So that, that's sort of, it's a typical David Lynch thing where he just brings things that happen into the movie itself. Yeah. And a lot of happy accidents happen that way with David Lynch. But it's, yeah. And then they go on a road trip and they, and they go and fuck because these two people are in love and it's, well, they make love essentially, I suppose. Mm. But they're horny and they love each other and they've been apart for years and they've come together again and they're just chatting away and having the sex and doing all this sort of stuff and then they realise like he's got a parole he's got to do and then they get in the car and they go for a drive and it's like, stuff it, let's go to California. And they go, no, why don't you get in trouble? And he goes, I was in trouble, you know, 40Ks back when we left the county lines. We're yep. on our way. So you got that storyline and then it's got this sort of road trip they're planning on going on and Laura Dern's mother played by... Is it Debbie Reynolds? No, Diane Ladd. Yeah, okay. I knew it was some yeah. sort of older generation sort of yeah. actress. So she's hired like Harry Dean Stanton to as a hitman yep. to to kill him. So she sent that out and then another guy called Santos or something like that too. Hmm. So she's got two hitmen out to get him. Cause, and then you're sort of getting flashbacks throughout the movie that she wants to. She, she propositioned him in the toilet and he turned it down. Yeah. And that's why she's angry. And then you have just weird moments throughout where they go to a they sort of stop at a trailer park at one point and sort of have a chat with a few people there over a few drinks and come across an accident, like a road accident. There's a few dead people and Cheryl and Fenn walks out and she's just repeating herself constantly. Like she said, where's my purse? I've lost my purse. My yep. mum's going to kill me. I had it here. And she just keeps repeating, sort of going in a loop, not knowing that she's already said that before. And then yeah, she's yeah. sort of picking a hole in her head where and there's blood yeah, coming my, out. My saying, hair's sticky. What's this in my hair dies. sort of thing? Yeah. So it's just these weird moments. And then you've got a sort of a side with the hitman as well coming along sort of moving along tracing them tracking them down and there's a really weird bit with Willem Dafoe as well yeah Willem Dafoe's interesting in this yeah and a very sort of graphic ending to Willem Dafoe without (laughs) me it's bloody awesome (laughs) without me spoiling too much of this movie but yeah that one scene with Willem Dafoe really just sticks with you which scene the scene where he with with Laura and the bit where he walks out with his shotgun oh yeah no that bit yeah yeah no because he sort of seduces Laura Dern at one point as I mean typical David I mean it's it's strange. It's it's not a typical romance. It's not a movie you could watch with your loved one kind no. of thing. But it is about a couple that definitely do love each other and that never wavers mm. once. That's what I find it fascinating in that way, that it is a love story. And there's a great bit at a – they're at a concert. They go to a thrash metal concert. <laughs> Did and, Nicolas Cage is dancing? Yeah. I mean, he does this sort of <laughs> over-the-top Elvis dance. He's got the karate kicks and stuff. Like the unbridled cage is yep. what you get in this. And it's great to see, but this guy starts dancing out with Laura Dern and he's sort of like there and she doesn't want it and all whatever. And then he stops the band. Just by pointing at the band, they just stop. And he goes, apologize to the lady. <laughs> and he's like, come on, what are you doing, dickhead? And then he gets another reference to the jacket. So he goes, what's with that jacket? And it's like, it's, you know, my personal freedom. And he goes, just just apologize to the lady. And he goes, you know, you did the hard way and beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And it's a great moment. And this is what it pulls together really nicely. And he goes, oh, do you know the tune? And they throw him the mic and he sings Love Me by Elvis Presley. Yeah. Like he's very much channeling Elvis in this movie. Oh, like he's the way he's talking and everything. So he does this great moment in the middle of this mosh, well, it was a mosh pit. It stopped. And they the band, this thrash metal band, sort of like just plays along this Elvis song for him that he sings this song love me it's like why'd you sing that to me why not love me tender they said that's your favorite song and he goes i'm only going to sing that to my wife <laughs> just this moment so i go through all these like strange bits david lynch has a lot of wizard of oz references in things yeah this one's chock full of it and not even subtle like they have visions of laura dern's mother riding like as a wicked witch riding on on the broomstick and everything yeah the yellow brick road is Represented as the road they're traveling on with the yellow lines down the middle. They meet a dog guy, which is Jack Nance from all of David Lynch's stuff, and he's 
I mean, he does that line where he's like talking about the dog and he's, what is it? Yeah. In, in your mind, you're imagining you're, you're my dog. You're imagining yeah. my dog and I haven't told you what it looks like. It could be Toto. And there's a bit where Willem Dafoe sort of seduces Laura Dern. Yep. And as he leaves, because he sort of messes with her head, she's wearing red high heels and she's like tapping her heels yeah. together, trying to get out of the situation, essentially. And a beautiful bit at the end, because a situation plays out at the end with Willem Dafoe and a few other things. And he ends up in jail again and it jumps forward six years. Yeah. And she comes to get him from jail and turns out, I mean, there's all spoilers here. It's a 28-year-old movie, I think, you know, Statue of Limitations. Yeah, I guess if you haven't seen it now, you're probably never going to watch it. But there's a great moment. Like, So she's had a baby to him while he's in jail. So he's never really met him. Kind of like Con Air. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, so she comes to pick him up from jail and they have a chat and he meets his son for the first time and this is all good and everything. And then he's like, I'm a bad man. I can't be around you and the son. It's like, you know, it's like he's never really known me, so it's not like he's going to miss me, but I'm, I'm not good for you. You need to go. And she's all upset and everything and drives off and he walks off and he's there in his jacket and his suitcase and he's sort of walking in another direction. Now, this is where the, movie, the book ended because this is based on a novel by Barry Gifford, apparently, which okay. came out at the same time. Like the book was written as it was given as a screenplay to David Lynch. So hmm. it's a modern neo-noir, I think they were yeah. calling it. And that's where it ended. And David Lynch goes, I, I don't like it. It's not true to me. Not the characters that I'm seeing. It's not the true ending. So, so he walks off and leaves. And then he's just walking down this street. And then all these guys, hoods, gang, whatever, sort of circle him. Yeah. And he's just skittle, you know. What are you... Say faggots? He does say faggots. Yeah, yeah, what are you faggots doing and this and that? And they end up beating him up and, and knock him down and everything like that. And he has a vision. And the, Cheryl Lee, who plays Laura Palmer, she's Glinda the Good Witch. And she comes down in a bubble and sort of says, never give up on true love. Yep. And he sort of wakes up from his being punched, stands up, <laughs> and he goes, oh, I've got the quote the here. The exact quote, yes. I've got the exact quote here. And he's like, just sort of dusts himself off, looks at the guys and says, I'd like to apologise to you gentlemen for referring to you as homosexuals. You've taught me a valuable lesson in life. <laughs> He just sort of shakes her head, grabs his stuff, and then runs off. Runs no, 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 and sort of runs. And there's a traffic jam that Lulu's in, and he runs over a couple of like cars, the roofs of cars, and yep. jumps on the bonnet of her car. She all squeals for him, and just starts singing "Love Me Tender," and it's just amazing. It With just, the kid in the back. Yeah, he's just smiling <laughs> like he's happy as, and it's just like it works so well. It, it is just a true. I was going to say true romance. We're not talking about that movie, no. but we almost could have. But yeah, so it's just it's it's just a really funky movie. I really dig it. Hmm. That's my Valentine's Day movie for you people. All right. Well, because you went out there with Wild at Heart, I decided that I would go pretty out there as well. I could have gone True Romance Mm -hmm. because that is one of my all-time favourite movies. However, I went something that's vaguely linked to that and I went with the 1994 Oliver Stone-directed Quentin Tarantino story, Mm -hmm. Natural Born Killers, Uh starring a massive ensemble cast, but mainly... Woody Harrelson as Mickey Knox and Juliette Lewis as Mallory Knox. Mm -hmm. So basically it is the story of Mallory who is sort of an abused teenager who is rescued from her abusive family by the meat delivery man Woody Harrelson and from there they go on a murder spree across the United States. Yeah, I remember when this came out it was so fucking cool. Yeah. But going back now I'm looking at Wild at Heart and this and it's like one's cooler than the other. Well see I don't know. I I had pretty vivid memories of this as well because I think I've watched this a lot. Yeah. Possibly even on DVD this time rather than on video. Wow. But I went back and watched this again and there's bits of it that I remember being cool and watching it again now 
they are probably cooler, I think. Really? Because I remember at the start there was like a sitcom, like you filmed the yeah. home life as a sitcom, complete with soundtrack and laugh and track laugh and track, everything. yeah, and Rodney Dangerfield playing the abusive dad. Mm. And the way it's filmed, it's very much three acts of the movie. It starts off with a little bit of a prelude of Mickey and Mallory in like a diner and like a local sort of sleazy guy comes onto Mallory and she doesn't appreciate it and ends up beating the crap out of him while L7's shit list is playing. And oh, nice. It reminded me just how good the soundtrack to this was as well. But it, it's very quick cuts, lots of flashing to black and white for certain scenes, different camera angles in black and white to the main story that's in colour. And just the way it's filmed is, I guess, very different to a lot of movies were at that stage. Mm -hmm. But looking at it now, it's kind of like, well, yeah, a lot of movies have done that since. So I don't know if it was of the time or whether it was cutting edge for its for the time. Oh, for a mainstream film, subject matter and everything about it was very out there. Yeah. Especially for Nola Stone sort of But thing. again, there's lots of quick cuts, there's lots of like extreme close ups. There's as you said, the the sitcom sort of scene with the laugh track and it's very much you know, against the subject matter of what it is. They're talking about some pretty deep stuff. And then yeah, Woody Harrelson comes in and rescues her and kills a lot of people. But al- along the way you've got Robert Downey Jr. playing an Australian TV reporter who has kind of like a crime TV it's show. Like hard where, copy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly hard copy. Terrence Elliott or whatever his name is. What was his name? Gordon Elliott. Gordon Elliott, yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, that's exactly who he's meant to be. You then it follows on and, uh, again, sort of that little bit parts for people. I think Balthazar, Balth- I can't even say his name, Balthazar Geddes, like a, a cameo in one bit as a gas station attendant. And then they, when they do end up getting arrested and go to prison, Tommy Lee Jones is the warden of the prison. The way it's filmed, the way it's paced, I guess, it, it's just not like any other movie. But it really is a love story in the fact that they're doing this all for love. Mm. Like, you know, they're madly in love. They get married. They do this sort of weird marriage ceremony on a bridge in the middle of a highway and someone drives past and throws a cat at them and, and he goes to get his gun and Mallory's all like, no, we can't kill anyone on our wedding day. And, and yeah, very strange. And mm. I didn't even mention Tom Sizemore yet. Tom Sizemore plays the cop that's trying to chase them down and he's equally as fucked up as they are as well. well it's like, just Tom Sizemore, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but I, I think he probably wasn't acting. Mm. He probably was coked out of his head. but And, and there's this sort of like strange little animation snippets in it where there's like chase scenes and they throw weird, almost subliminal little shots in every now and then. And yeah, it's just strange stuff. And then doing a little bit of digging, reading some of the deleted scenes or of some of the deleted scenes and then going on YouTube and watching them. There's one deleted scene where the Barbarian brothers play victims, (laughs) play victims of Mickey and Mallory. And apparently they're two like weightlifting brothers that called the Hun brothers or something. And you don't know the Barbarian brothers. I, I know. No, oh. I mean they're the Hun brothers. No, in, yes. Of course I know the Barbarian. I was say. <laughs> I, I've seen Barbarians many times. But yeah, in the movie they're what about twin sitters. Yes, I've seen that too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in in the movie they're like a house that Mickey and Mallory break into and they're chainsawing their legs off and then halfway through chainsawing one leg off each brother they realise that they're these celebrity Hun brothers so they let them live and then there's a scene where Robert Downey Jr. is interviewing them and they're in wheelchairs with one leg each sort of thing it's very strange but reading as well apparently Bret Hart was meant to be in one of the deleted scenes but I couldn't find that on on the internet there is another one with Dennis Leary where he goes on this weird sort of soliloquy about how good Mickey and Mallory are 
And if it wasn't for you know, some baseball team not signing Fidel Castro because he was a baseball prospect and could have played Major League Baseball, if that had happened, a lot of the bad stuff that happened in America wouldn't have happened sort of thing, mm-hmm. including Mickey and Mallory. But, but the way it ends, it ends with almost like a happy ending. They sort of ride off into the sunset and have kids and there's a weird Leonard Cohen song that ends the movie. But yeah, I don't know. I, to me, definitely still a, a romantic okay. movie. Yeah, I think I saw the pictures when it came out and that's it. I've never gone back. Mm. Apparently it was rated quite highly as far as being a controversial movie. They they did a chart in America of the most controversial well, movies of all time. They championed serial killers. Yeah. You know, and it was like the eighth most controversial movie in American history. Mm. And apparently there was a bunch of copycat killers. But yeah, all based on a, a story by Quentin Tarantino where I think this and True Romance were meant to be the same characters and it was like a, a two-part sort of story. Oh, okay. And he went off and, was it Ridley Scott or Tony Scott? Tony did, Scott. Yeah, Tony Scott did True Romance and then Oliver Stone's taken over Natural Born Killers off, based yeah off scripts by Quentin Tarantino. Cool. But yes, that's romance. Happy that's, Valentine's yeah. Day, people. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's other true romantic movies we could have watched, but knowing us, that's right in our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's us for our first of our Welcome to My Worlds for this year. Welcome back. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our normal episode. And until then, we'll see you soon. Uh-huh.